Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Between the Wrestles. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And this is Between the Wrestles Detroit. We are your hometown team on the Cindy and Joe show. And we're talking about talking. Which is my favorite topic. Now, we were talking earlier before the show about how Bill Sedina is on the first line. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think the reason why they've got him on the first line, and I know that... You know, his play up till now may not have warranted that spot on Lark's line, but I think the reason they have him up there is in anticipation of uh, Jacob Vrana's return. You know, Jacob Vrana, as soon as his uh, surgeon clears him, they're thinking sometime mid-month, you're going to see him back with the wings. Uh, He's still wearing a no-contact jersey at practice, but um, I think that's going to change very soon here. So I think that this is anticipation of Verona's return, who you know he's going to be on that top line. And I'll tell you what, I'm really excited to see that line too. Can you imagine what we're going to see with Larks, Verona, and Raymond, side, or, and Raymond on that yep. line? I yep. mean, get out of here. You're going to have some exciting hockey to watch. I expect a lot out of that line. But I think they're taking uh, my friend Vladdy, Vladdy Metznikov. I think they're putting him uh, back down, dropping him down to, to shore up that line back there, uh, looking to kind of shake that first line up. So... I think they put Zadina there kind of as a, in a way as a placeholder uh, while they shift around uh, personnel on the other lines. Yeah, see, I, I kind of take it with a different grain of salt. Um, there's part of me that believes Steve Eisman and Jeff Lash want to put him at the top line to see what he can do with the top line. Uh, there's also a part of me that believes that they're like putting him there to showcase him there in case they you know put him in a, involve him in a trade. And then there's another part of me that thinks that you know, Larkin has been such a big uh, key player for this this Red Wings roster this year. Um, point per game player. Um, he's going to be eclipsing his like personal best, professional best in points if he keeps this up by a wide margin. You know how we talked about before the year, we talked about the 60-point mark? Yeah. I think he hits that easily. And um, I think if you're on line with Dylan Larkin, I really don't think that you can uh, – be um, as kind of soft defensively as Zadina has been so far. I don't think Dylan Larkin will enjoy that pretty much. You know, it's, a, it's kind of like you can when you're on. It's like when you're on timeout. You know, you get put in timeout, and like you know, like I can't mess this up because the person in charge will grill the crap out of me, and he can do that anytime <laughs> he wants. I think there was a story about how. Um, for one game, they put Sean Avery on the same line as Steve Eisman. Oh, God. And it's kind of funny because, you know, they, Scotty Bowman was getting pissed off because he's like, Avery doesn't know how to 
keep his ass out of the box. So they put him <laughs> with Stevie White, and, and there was a point in the game against, uh, I think it was Calgary, I, I believe I read it was, and he goes he goes up to Sean, he goes, if you if you put your ass in the box over some stupid penalty, I'm going to literally punch you in the face out, in, out here. <laughs> well, you don't want to piss Stevie off. I right. can imagine that. So, I mean, that's what that's what a captain does. You know, like a captain right. doesn't get happy when you do something stupid, and sometimes they put you on that line just so you can't do that. You know, you're you're expected to be when you're with the captain or an assistant captain, you're expected to play your best with those guys because they are the leaders of the team. I think that's something that Dylan Larkin has demanded this year. I mean, even a guy like Lucas Raymond. I mean, if you've been watching him, he's been great defensively with his his um, defense and his offense. Yeah, his offense has been great, but his defense has been even better. He, You know, he's just a rock star. I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, this kid's got so much promise, so much potential. It's almost like you put him anywhere and, and he's going to be just an absolute, uh, you know, dynamo. I mean, that's just who he is. And um, the best part about it, Here's what I like best about that. He has no, this kid really has no freaking clue. He doesn't have any clue. He's just doing his thing, playing his game, and God bless him. But, you know, he has, I don't think, a full understanding of the impact that he's having on this team and what what his level of play means for the Detroit Red Wings, especially, Joe, talking about we're coming about midseason right now. And what are the Red Wings' chances for making the playoffs? I mean, they're about, what, eight, nine points out of the wild card right now? Uh, what are the chances that, they, that they're that they going to make it? I, I got to tell you, for me, the jury's still out. I don't really know. I think it's going to depend a lot on Jacob Verana's performance when he comes back. If he can perform up to expectations, especially post-surgery. You know, anytime these guys are coming back out of surgery, you just never know. You know, we were talking about this you know, earlier this year before the season started about, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi and whether or not, you know, his successful surgery was going to translate into as good a play, if not better play than we've seen pre-surgery. And thank God that's worked out. Thank God that surgery seems to have have helped elevate uh, Tyler's game. So um, will we see that from Verona? If we do, I think they've got a good shot. Um, because I think they've got some very solid lines. Probably for the first time in years, you're starting to see the payoff come from the rebuild. Mm-hmm. Some real solid lines and some depth there for the Red Wings. So um, is Jacob Verana's uh, recovery and, and performance, you know, the the link pin? No, I don't think so. But I think it's certainly a very good indicator of whether or not the Wings are going to be able to pull everything together to uh, make up the points that they need to get in the wild card race. Well, I think I think you've nailed something. So here's here's the reality. So you look at the rubbings and their their rankings. Like through the center position, they're green throughout, which means that they're they're really good sent down the middle. If you go to the wings, they struggle a little bit. They're in the red a lot. There's a lot of red around the assists, the goals, power plays, everything like that. Lark, I mean Raymond's the only winger, and Bertuzzi are the only wingers that kind of give you a little bit of you know, and I think that like when you add Verona back, you finally have two good lines. You know, Suter can play the center in the second line, Bertuzzi on the uh, the other side. Uh, then you put Verona, you put Verona or Bertuzzi on the other that other side. So then you bring up like so. Let's say you go first line: Larkin, Raymond, 
Verona, you would think? I think Verona's going to be on top. And then you go Bertuzzi. Suter. Suter. Zadina or Fabry? Fabry, absolutely. I don't think you break that lineup. There's too much good chemistry going on there with Fabry. And and so then the third line, you get to put Zadina, um, Rasmussen, Jamal Smith. You can mix the third and fourth line up to where they kind of start clicking. Right now, they don't have the best wingers right now. Their defense has been actually really, really good. If you look at the, it's like the same metrics, the metrics, all that, they rank out really, 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 really good in the defensive portion. The problem that they have is their wingers passing the puck around, they're in the red real bad, like in the negative points. And that's the thing that I think when you give Ron back, you he's, yeah. a, he's a good passer. He can pass the puck pretty well. I think when you put out, like you could put a guy like uh, – and the Mestikoff on a second line, right? He's a good third line guy, fourth line guy that he's going to give you some some scoring power on that. But you put him on a second line, you give him a little more minutes. He's going to make those mistakes that he's always made. He's a smaller guy, so he really he really you can't expect him to see the same things that like a guy like Baran or Bertuzzi do. Like it's just a different. Well, feeling. he's not a he's not a power player. I mean, he's just not. But he's reliable. He's solid. You know, I'm talking about Vladdy. You know, Nemetsikoff. Yeah. And and I and you know, Blash even said uh, recently, today or yesterday, he talked about, you know, the really good chemistry that you've got with, with Nemetsnikov, Rasmussen, and um, Ernie. Yeah. That those three have a good, and which is a great line if you think about it, because you've got, you've got Vladdy, who's got, you know, he's got that skill, he's got that smoothness, he's got that, that, that finesse, okay? Yeah. And you pair him up with a couple of big guys in Ernie and Rasmussen. And they also have the same skill set, the... the... Yeah, I mean they they mesh well. So you've got three in my mind. You've got three really solid, reliable lines, and then you got Mel Smith that's come on. You've got your Bonnie Smith. Smith. Yeah, the the, the Bruise brothers, you know, yep. that are interchangeable on that fourth line, and um, you know, or even playing them together on that fourth line. I mean, you've got a couple of different options, as you said. There, they've got some depth to work with. That's the good thing. There's a couple things I think they're going to need to do if they really want to hit a, a good winning streak in stride. I think they're going to have to get a little bit better on the face-off percentage. Their win on the face-offs get, need to get a little bit better. Larks is doing okay, but I think they need to up that a little bit. And I think they're also going to have to do a bit better than they're doing right now on the power play. Mm-hmm. I still don't think they've got their power play units quite clicking the way that they should. But when you re-enter Verona into that mix, well, that changes everything. Now, that's where I do think, and I've mentioned this before in previous shows, where I do think Verona has the biggest impact, and that is on the power play, so uh, in those power play units. So, again, to a certain extent, performance that Verona is going to bring, if he can bring what needs to happen, um, I think you've got the makings of absolutely a very good uh, opportunity at the wild card, but they're going to have to win a streak of games. And, um, you know, they've got a kind of tough, uh, a little bit of a tough calendar coming up, a tough schedule here in the next uh, two to three weeks. So uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy for them, but they're going to have to start gaining some momentum. And that is the key, everybody. You've got to, you can have great guys all day long, but if they don't catch that momentum, you're not going to have the energy that's going to propel them here into the second half of the season. And that is really really the key factor, more so even than Verona, it is establishing and maintaining momentum. Yeah, you know, you know the thing I really am starting to like about this Red Wings team, you know, we talk about puck possession a lot and how they possess the puck, how much they do it, how good they're getting. Or later, early in the season, they were really, really bad at that. They were, re- they were at the bottom of the league. 
now they're at the they're at the middle pack of the team. That middle pack, and that's you know you're joining a you're joining a, a, a collection of the Detroit, Ottawa, New York Islanders, Dallas, Vancouver, the Kings, the Calgary. They've had better puck possession numbers in the last month, more than better than Philadelphia, San, San Jose, Edmonton, which has Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Yeah. Chicago, Arizona, and then you got the bottom dwellers, which. Boston's at the bottom, New Jersey's at the bottom, Seattle's at the bottom, Montreal's at the bottom. Short's in the middle of pack now, and you, if they have another good month, they can enter the territory of Vegas, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, Anaheim, New York Rangers. Well, you know, I think you make it actually a pretty good point there with that illustration, Joe, and I think the good point is that I think that this Red Wings team is better than the, than the stats are showing. They're better than the standings are showing. Yeah. I think they they really are, and so I think we keep watching them. They keep developing, and if they catch, they're going to have to catch the momentum. They're going to catch the 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 performance of these key players. They've got some good talent now. Yeah. Now we just need to see if they can develop it when you fast give, enough. When you, when you give Verona back, you're going to have a two, you're going to have two lines. Right. And then you have a third line that could be you know hit or miss, but you have two lines. You know, usually in NHL you need two lines to become you know a good team. And then three lines become like an elite team. You know, the elite teams have three lines where they can just, okay, we put the third line against their first line. We put their second, our second line against their first line. You know, right. that's that's how you mix up. Right now, the Red Wings are putting out, okay, Larkin, go out there. Raymond, go out there. Bertuzzi, go out there yeah. for the majority of the year. But that's not, that's not how it's been lately. It's been, okay, we're going to put the second line against their first line. We're going to put their, our third line against their first line. The really reason Blackshell's doing it. This is a credit to Jeff Blashill. You know, a lot of people give him a little bit of heat because they think he should be doing better. But the reality of the situation is he's getting them ready for when, you know, the end of the season, things start to amp up a little bit. You you got to put the – you're not you're not going to always get the favorable matchups where you got your first line against their first line. It just never happens, you know? Yeah. So these players got to learn to play against the best of the best. And I think that they will. I think that they will. They've got enough veteran presence on there to make that happen. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing the Red Wings rise in the standings to reflect the actual talent and, and skill that they've got going on in that team because they really do have what it takes to rise up into those ranks that you mentioned with those other guys, you know, Vegas and, um, you know, all those guys in Nashville and in Florida and, and all of those. So, um they absolutely have the capability to do it. Now let's just see them execute. They need to start executing, and I think that uh, they might not make the playoffs, but I think they'll get close enough to where you can be like, okay, this was a great year because next year you go in the off season, you got some cash to spend, you can get some, you can get some more players, you know, to build around. You're gonna probably have a Simon Evanson up at some point. Yes, you're let's hope so. You probably have Bergeron up at some point. You know these these players are coming through, and I don't know if you noticed, but there's a guy in Sweden who has been doing really, 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 really good, and that's Almer Soderbom, the six eight forward, two thirty eight. That's a big, big man. And you can always use some size up there uh, where you need it when you got to get tough. And we talked about this before. We've talked about it many times that the Detroit Red Wings, if they're going to play a physical game, and they always do better when they do, I mean, i got to have some size up there. So, um, yeah, let's bring it, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing our wings in the playoffs. Make it a run. 
let's make a let's make a run in the second half, you know month of February and see where we are in March. That's the that's the key to it. Let's go. On the next segment of Between the Whistles, we will be talking about the Super Bowl and why I think Detroit fans are a little bit, mm, for lack of a better term, acting like a bunch of bums. You call them losers. I did call them losers. Let's. Well, you could you could hear my whole spiel in the next segment. 